Hello and welcome to How to Become a Pro Wrestler. Uh, this is going to be a special episode where we're going to look back at what we've learned as coaches um, and how you can maybe use that information to be an effective uh, trainee. Um, we've been very fortunate that we've had a you know a huge group of uh, very talented individuals um, and. I believe most will be continuing on with us moving on to the intermediate stage. We will open up to some more beginners and stuff like that. Uh, but first of all, I want to give a shout out to uh, the patrons. Uh, yes. So uh, on patreon.com forward slash Joe Hendry, you know the drill tier three or above um, and you're you're able to join. So there you go. Uh, you're, sorry, you get a shout out on the podcast. So here we go. Um, I'm talking about, I tell you, I'm going to have to unfortunately remove a few people who have unsubscribed. It Keep feels sad. About love. If, it's very sad to do so, but we understand it's tough out there, folks. So no, uh, you know, we appreciate all the support, but we, we understand. There we go. I think we are up to date. Alrighty. Alrighty. So I want to give a huge shout out to our patrons by name. James Malley, Ian Downey, Ian Callan-Lees, Joe's mum, Kirsty Bailey, Chris McCulloch, Gordon Brown, Ben Wacker, Adam Wilson, Mark Leslie, Jack Godfrey, Brian Smith, Daniel Bentoncourt, Jamie Flood, James Pointer, Will Edwith, David McCarthy, Ross Wilson, Jordan Schofield, Barry Carruthers, James Weiss, and our new Tier 3 patron, David Thornton. Boom. So, joy welcome Welcome to the group. Welcome. Uh, David Thornton, thank you for joining. Um, so, basically, to, to give you some uh, background into this, uh, I, earlier in the year, wanted to open my own training school. I didn't know what was going to be happening um, career-wise and stuff like that, and it's something I'd always wanted to do. I had a bit more time on my hands, so it felt like the right thing to do. And then, signed the Ring of Honor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, which is awesome. Because it now adds a little bit more legitimacy to what we're doing, but bit on the of other hand, prestige, you might say, indeed. <sighs> but on the other hand, it brings challenges because I'm away, yes. you know, every second weekend. Um, so uh, instead of me being there for every single week, I've had to miss a few so far, which is tough. But thankfully, I've got some awesome staff in. Dave's sitting next to me, um, and Dave Conrad, if you're if you're listening, you can't see him, and Lewis Gervin as well, who isn't with us today. But we will, oh, hey, Lewis! <laughs> but we will get Lewis's perspective on uh, a different day. But basically, we've been operating out of a gym in Edinburgh uh, called Primal Gym, yep. and it's a huge open space that kind of mim mimics like a giant wrestling ring. So we've been able to get 20 people on at the same time learning stuff. Uh, not only that, we've had some uh, in-ring training as well. Um, we're going to be doing that uh, basically on a weekly basis uh, moving forward uh, yep. into the next sort of intake. So um, we also did a promo class where we yes. uh, got... And what we did is rather than just use the same venue, we actually hired out a small theatre so our students could learn... Um, you know, what it was like to perform, even if it's just their colleagues, what it's like to have to project your voice and kind of, we didn't want people to go straight from the training room straight to shows. We wanted there to be a little bit of a progression there. So that's what the, the aim of the game was with that. Um, what I will say is this has been a kind of different way to train and I haven't really been able to do, I've taken seminars before, but because we had such a huge space, we could get every single person practicing lockups, practicing headlocks, yep. practicing wrist locks all at the same time. And I wonder if that's why we have seen our particularly, um, now I don't want to say 
fast or speedy because it kind of gives the impression that, you know, it's it's not thorough. But the truth is, I mean, we had people hundreds of repetitions on each of these things that's the thing yeah space. and we really believe in what we call uh, again it's chill sudden methodology with a ruthless execution of the basics so what was going to happen is this weekend uh, I'll be away in Pittsburgh and Columbus, I believe, and uh, Dave will be taking that class. He'll be getting them ready for the final week of the beginners class, which is next week, um, to which they'll be having their first kind of very basic, basic matches, which I'll be back for that one. Yes. So, um, And then we'll move on from there. So what I want to get your perspective on, Dave, is what was it like for you to go from, uh, you know, being trained to being involved in the coaching process. And for those who, who don't know, basically, um, the idea behind it all is like, I'm kind of like the head coach. Lewis is kind of here to hone in on, you know, really specific kind of technical stuff. And Dave is his core focus for the, for the course is, is from largely from a kind of fitness um, and strength background because that's his expertise in his business but also um, you've been helping steer the ship when I've been away at Ring of Honor so yeah. what what would you say that you've is there anything that you've taken away from this experience and thought you know what this worked pretty well um, should definitely continue this or this got results or what, what did you think give me some of your observations well it's interesting that you mentioned about the repetitions because I think that that's a big reason why uh, things are, are taking over so fast uh, or you know or, or people are progressing as well as they are um, to me the you, the way I look at it is the f- core fundamentals of training for pro wrestling should be the same as anything else you know and when we're talking about amateur wrestling or we talk about you know I've done a bit of boxing in my time bit kickboxing and th- what do we do right like I can throw a jab I can shoot a double leg but we drill it over and over and over again because what happens we want to get it automatic yeah. You know, and that's to me part of your like muscle memory. Muscle memory, yeah. We 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 don't want to have to really have to think about it. You know, when when you drove, when you went, when you last were in your car, when was the last time you thought about driving like consciously? Yep. When was the last time? You know, what I mean, you haven't, and that's what we want to do. We want to get these guys to a point where when they lock up, they don't have to think foot position, hand position. It just happens. It just happens. You know, keeping their head up and things like that. All the basic things that you talk about that to us are you know, our basic things that we just do, but for them is brand new. And it's important to go, this is going to be a lot of thinking happening. There's going to be a lot of thought. There's going to be a lot of kind of, you know, a lot of you kind of trying to, you know, do this, do that, get foot right, head up, you know, and you're going to forget things. But the more we do it, the more repetition, the more it's going to become automatic, more it's going to become muscle memory. Because as we've seen, you know, as I say, the logic behind it, once you're tired, once you're worn out, if you're you're hurt in in an amateur match, if you're you know in the last minutes of the match and you're down, you need to be able to shoot a double leg when you're exhausted and you're tired. That's why we drill it so many times in pro wrestling. You just never know. You're wrestling a 15, 20 minute match. You're exhausted. You'll know you're you've got finish. Your finish move is you have to lift people. Yeah, you have to lift people. You know, and it's not always easy, but it's particularly when you're when you're tired. If you're at the end of a twenty minute match, you still have to be able to consciously lift someone and keep them safe. You're trusting people with their with people are trusting you with their body. It's important that we that we do our due diligence and have them be ready to take people's body in their hands and and not put them in dangerous positions. So another thing I wanted to. Um, 
talk about was when, like I say, your expertise are from kind of strength and conditioning and that sort of thing. And what we've been doing for warm-ups is the first few weeks, what we were doing is very kind of like pro wrestling warm-ups, whereas actually more recently, I think it's been somewhat of a hybrid between pro wrestling drills and exercises, but there's been a lot of amateur stuff in there. Um, and like I say, when we're at uh, amateur wrestling, people are pretty quickly asked to learn, you know, the tiger rolls and like those backwards handsprings to your feet. We're taught and, to learn them immediately, yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of thought, you know, and, and you thought as well that, you know, maybe just because, I mean, don't get me wrong, pro wrestling does do tiger rolls and stuff like that but there's there's a multitude of other roles and things like that that we've been doing in amateur wrestling like uh, teaching kind of legitimate arm drags and kind of legitimate amateur wrestling techniques and drilling them and having little competitions before we really start and i noticed that really raised morale and also for me personally i think amateur wrestling foundations really help in pro wrestling because if you know why something happens if you know why an arm drag like a legit arm drag actually works if you know why a waist lock works and you know how to legitimately get out of a waist log it's just going to make your work look better but one thing i didn't expect is one thing i'm really kind of proud of the students for is when i went in there and we were getting them to do these kind of little competitions so the other day we started off with the most basic stuff which was literally this this kind of game that amateur wrestlers play for speed which is basically you have to touch your opponent's knee without them touching yours and it really kind of teaches you footwork and speed positioning positioning kind of awareness and stuff like that uh but then it escalated to you know they were kind of uh doing these kind of uh on fighting for underhooks and these uh like these legitimate arm drags and stuff like that and we had a little tournament and everybody ra- like rose to the challenge yeah. and it didn't become kind of like you know no one was you know uh, throwing toys or, out the yeah. pram or sulking everyone was like cheering each other on it became this kind of awesome vibe you know yeah. it was more of a celebration of the people that were doing well in a celebration of the eventual winner rather than like oh damn it it felt like an uplifting thing I agree and yeah. I think having that uh, th- those amateur wrestling foundations underneath the pro wrestling stuff that we're doing I think not only raises morale and helps with the athleticism but I think it also subconsciously our students are going to be quite well equipped to you know handle any situations if something goes awry or to handle themselves in a social situation well at the end of the day I think one of the reasons why I enjoy coaching as much and why I'm you know and why I'm a good coach in general is just because and whether it's pro wrestling or whether it's personal training or anything like that is because and you'll know this from even just watching wrestling with me I'm a nitpicker I'm a nitpicker. I nitpick all the details. I want to make sure everything's right. You know, I want to make sure that th- this is correct, that's correct. You know, and it's that's allowing, but that's but what that's doing is it's allowing me to look at them and go, hey, when you're doing it like this, try it like this. This here, head up, head up, and you know, it's it's a constant, just you know, as I say, reinforcing the the, the right things. And as you say, with the amateur, uh, the amateur stuff, that's a good thing with the amateur stuff. Is it, again, it's the same thing. It reinforces movement patterns. It reinforces correct movement and technique. So when we're doing things like the lockups, right? So we're starting the lockups, and it's like we're, but we're gonna drill this a hundred times, you know. And it's one of those deals where at the start people are. It's probably more than a hundred. Probably yeah, by now yeah. So people are. are well, I, I mean, up. if you think about like, if you think about, it, we literally we worked on lockups for, you know, the majority of the, the first couple the, of classes, first, yes. first class, you know. So it's like that's when everybody's working. That was getting a lot of repetitions there. And the reason there is because you know if what's the one of the first things you'll do in most matches. One of the first physical things you'll do when you make contact is nine times out of ten, in some form or another, 
you're gonna lock up and if it looks like shit you know although it is amazing actually when you look at a lot of pro wrestling matches now i would almost say i mean i may be wrong but with certain companies it's a lockup is actually I've, I've watched cards where there's an, i've not seen a single one until wow you know my match or something like that you know Interesting. But I, I i enjoy that because if it's like if there's less lockups it means like okay well it's not as samey now actually it might stand out you yeah know? so it's kind of that thing in pro wrestling where like the basics always come back around and agreed the thing that i'm really excited to show the students is the the better matches that i've had in ring of honor have really all just been the stuff that we've been showing them you know, yeah, but a few basic roles. Yes, the, the the basic basic stuff. And actually, I really am enjoying how much I'm learning being at Ring of Honor. And actually, to be honest, it's just reinforced a lot of my principles that were already there. But now I'm doing it with confidence. Yeah. You know, whereas before I was like, well, I think what I'm doing is right. Whereas now, it's not really that there's a right or wrong. It's like this is my style and this is what I believe. Yeah. And I think being around uh, Jonathan Gresham has actually led me down that path of thinking in that way. And I think even if you're doing the same stuff, if you do it with a confidence and with a goal in mind and you, you, there's somewhere you want to get to, I think that translates to the audience. You Intent know? is is key. It, it, yeah. Intent is key. It's, and it's that's intangible, it. but it's it's important. It's Yeah, it's key to knowing, you know, and that's the thing, again, and it's the little things like that, where it's like when I'm watching two students lock up at the very beginning and it's like, okay, technically that was fine, but I don't believe it. But then they do it. Then they do. They do it ten times. Then they do it twenty times. Then they do it thirty times. And then I go, you know what? Now I'm starting to believe it. That looks like a goddamn good lockup. And that's it for you. I was going to ask because you said earlier you've done seminars. You've done quite a lot of seminars. You've kind of done seminars all, all over the place. You've been yeah, very busy. quite a few in Canada actually. What differences have you found? Because I mean, and I've noticed a difference in your te- in your coaching style and in your and in how you're teaching. Because again, th- is this the first time you've ever done any sort of coaching on a long term basis? Uh, yeah, basically the seminars I've done is usually people who are you know they're. They're quite far in. They're they're months into their training at least, or they're workers themselves. You know, so it's this is the first chance I've had of really like taking people from the very very beginning. Um, And it is weird. You just learn little things as you go that can be really really important. And so it's been an amazing learning experience for for hopefully for the students, but for us as well. Oh yeah. And I feel like every week we're just kind of getting to know the people more. And I think what we've done really well is created a, a great vibe. You know, like oh, yeah. so it's a kind of family atmosphere and everybody really wants to, to achieve. And like I say, we've got some great talent. And one thing I was actually really impressed with was the, the promos. Yes. Um, the promos. Blew so, me away some of them, yeah, man. Yeah. I was like, wow. Some real confidence in there. And this is something I'm trying to get across to not just like our trainees, but also, you know, just in general is that like, look, everyone's good now. You know what I mean? Everyone's good in ring. You need something that is just completely yours. It's a niche you can go down that you're known for. What's, what's your thing? What's your what, thing? What's your thing? Yeah, it's just not, yeah. an, it's not, it's not enough now to be good. You know, because everyone's good. Everyone's know? good. The way that the way that things are being taught now, the number of even in the UK now. I mean, look at what we have in the UK alone. You know, we have the the, the certain uh, and again like the the upper echelon of of you know UK wrestling at the moment. You know, you've got ridiculous coaches there. You've got ridiculous coaches there, and it's like so they're all going to be good. You know. Yep. You you know you'd have to be pretty bad to go and get coached by these people and not be any good. Everyone's good, so now you have to differentiate and go. Well, 
Why are you different? Yeah, if you but if you have like an outlandish gimmick, that is kind of the fastest way to get yourself on shows. And usually there's this whole thing of, oh, but do you want to get on shows if you're not ready and all that? And it's like there's a balance to that. Yeah. There is a balance to that. Like I remember when I walked into Source, I was like, oh, I want to be on shows in two, three months. Then when I actually started training, I was like, I don't want to be on shows for 10 months yeah. because I want to be like, I want people to see me the first time and go, this guy's going somewhere. See, you I was know? a McNabb. I thought I was ready like after about eight months. I felt ready, and then they were like, "No, no, we're going. You, you are, but we're now going to take you to the side, and you're going to all those things you've got. We're going to sharpen them to the point where they're they're perfect." And I was like, when I look back on that now, I'm like, "Yeah, that made more sense." Yeah. So, uh, like, I started in the January and ended up debuting in the October in a Rumble, which I think was the absolute right move. So yeah. I'm the. But basically, I think it's really cool because when we started this, we didn't know if it was going to, you know, how long it was going to continue on for or whatever. But it's yeah, now it's just been a, a complete and utter success and it will be going on permanently. So Pretty like much. I say, we're going to have new, uh, we're going to have new classes. We're going to have uh, an intermediates class. Uh, we've we've uh, got ourselves a ring now. Um, so we'll have more details on that soon. But we're just uh it's everything's moving forward nicely it's all it's all very exciting but seriously though we are going in here with an intention to create some stars like future stars of scottish british and international i want to grow well. the business man yeah, we've i want to grow it in a, pro, in a positive way yeah we've got we've got some real talent in there i'm not going to mention like individual names at no this no point. no but to be honest with you it's I, you can't even pick a few people because there's so many people in there who bring something. You yeah. Know, who bring something. Like, it's just, it's a really exciting time. And we were really fortunate with the group of trainees that we got. But on the other hand, I think we've really benefited from having that big open space that we can get so many Agreed, people yeah. on and just having that ruthless execution of the basics. And we're now at a point where the guys are learning how to work holds and transition between holds and stuff like that. And I'm just. What we will be doing as well, folks, is uh, because I'm away kind of every second weekend, what we're going to do is the intermediate classes will be midweek, so I can make sure that I'm there for every one of them. So I'll be there for just over half the um, the, the weekend classes, but the weekday classes, I'll be there for pretty much every one. So nice. that, that's kind of how the, the structure is going to go. So I'm looking forward to that and getting more in-depth with like, we might have a few more classes, but smaller groups, you know, yeah. as well. So it's like we've got the big open class but then we'll kind of, you know, bring it down in number and we'll kind of have some announcements about uh, stuff relating to that as well coming soon. So it's it's a very exciting time. Um, but again, I've been quite blown away by the level of talent uh, that we've had. Um, yeah, is there anything? So for you, just uh, real quick, I want to know from your point of view, for people that are interested in for either who are current students or people that are in general just wrestling students in general, whether it be our students or whether it be students at other schools, what makes a good student? Why are these particular students good? What is What, what do you look for in a, in a student? Okay, so that's a really good question. Um, one way to differentiate yourself immediately is to be in decent shape. Um, that being said, though, that doesn't mean everybody has to show up in perfect shape. We've got people of all different shapes and sizes, um, all different backgrounds, and it's, you know, so it's not a, a prerequisite, but 
the better shape that you show up in, the the, the closer you're going to be to your goal, basically. You the know easier I mean? you're going to find yeah, a lot of the if, drills if you show and up, the movements. If you show up and you're already in shape and you look the part and you know, you're know you fairly, you've got like some sort of athletic background and whatever, then you know we're we're going to be looking at you and going, okay, let like how can we how can we kind of take this these next steps to get this person closer yeah. to a show? That being said, though, yeah, that, I was just going to clarify that. Yeah, yeah. don't. Uh, that's not necessarily means ripped abs and no, you know, looking no. like Finn you Balor. Just, yeah, just if you look like you can kick somebody's ass. But then again, if you don't look like you can kick you you can kick somebody's ass, then we kind of are going to build your wrestling character around that. You Absolutely. Know? So again, folks, like being in shape doesn't mean like like to me. Describe that. What is Ma- okay. give me give me so, a brief description. Me, Being in shape. Me, well, actually, in shape is probably the wrong word. So, for example, mankind. You know, for me, mankind's look was a ten. You wouldn't describe him exactly. as in shape, but he looked like a, a maniac and someone that you wouldn't want to mess with. So, to me, that look was a ten. To me, being in shape is being fit enough to work your matches safely. Can I just jump in there as well? So, but. That comes with a prerequisite. Like again, there's a difference between looking great and actually being in in ring shape as well. Exactly. So it's like you, if you're if you're bigger or you're not, you don't have a traditional, you know, abs or whatever. But if you can go, you can go. If you can go, and I'll give, yeah, yeah, and I'll give you an example. So if you look at like uh, Shane Taylor, for example, I was Good just example. telling you this. Like, Good literally one of the honestly, hands down, like one of the best wrestlers I've, I've wrestled, uh, and you know. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, one of them, and the person who I've probably had, I don't want to say the most, but like, basically, I was usually it takes matches and matches and matches to get chemistry with someone. Whereas me and him have just had chemistry right from the start, um, and that match we had in London again. If you look at uh, Shane Taylor, you wouldn't on paper think, okay, this guy has got you know chiseled abs or whatever. Well, how tall is Shane but, Taylor? Uh, I don't know his exact height. I don't know his exact taller height. taller than you. Uh, probably around the same height, maybe and a little weight wise. But weight wise, probably. I mean, three hundred, three hundred, maybe three hundred, three thirty, three forty, something like that. Could be, could be, but he moves like yep. someone half his weight. You know what I mean? Like so, it's like he. He's a hit at heavier weight, but does he look like he can kick someone's ass? Absolutely, a hundred percent. Does his stuff look fantastic? hundred yes. percent. Can he go in the ring? A hundred percent. Can you picks you his, up or his, moves you around? Do you exactly. feel safe? Yep. There you and, go. And the thing is, his cardio is never in question. There you so, go. So he looks like a badass, even though he's not traditionally what we would yeah. call, you know, six pack or whatever. But on the other hand, if you do have a six pack, fantastic. I'm just saying, looking like you can kick somebody's ass, being in in shape in ring, there there, it's not one size or one answer. Yeah, it's all. not a one size fits all. Yeah. It's very much can you. Can you perform maneuvers and techniques safely to for you and for your opponent? And and here's the other thing as well is that but see if those things don't apply to you right now that doesn't matter still show up because we've had people in our you'll class, build it yeah that you wouldn't necessarily think oh well they're going to be super athletic who have really shocked us and surprised exactly us. but also you don't even need to be in shape you just have to have a desire. To be in shape. That's all we need, people. That is, to be honest with you, as a trainee, that, that I'm going to answer the long-winded answer, but I'm going to answer it in this way. What I want from trainees is a desire to get good. 
yeah, that's it. And you know, my career has gone, is on an upward trajectory right now because I've actually humbled myself. I've humbled myself and says, you know what, maybe I'm not, you know... I'm trying to think of the right way to word this, but what I've done is I'm almost pretending that I'm not where I need to be yeah. all, at all times. Not in a negative way, like, oh, I need to be better because this, but more just because, like, I... Could this be better? Yes. I'm always looking for ways to improve. And then when you do that, when you're always looking for those little marginal gains and going to improve this, going to improve that, you take a look back and you realize how far you've come in a short space of time. So for me, for example, because I've gone back to that student of the game mentality, I delivered that match in London that I wouldn't have been able to deliver even two months ago or three months ago because I'm like, God, everyone's great here at Ring of Honor. I've got to up my game. What am I going to do? Like, for example, so me and Shane Taylor had that match in Chicago, and people were really happy with it. Um, I felt I maybe let people down because, uh, you know, that I was kind of, I felt like I could have given more. You know what I mean? But then I was like, right, what am I going to do about it next time? So I knew the match was coming in London, so I was like, I'm going to prepare like hell for this. And Shane Taylor did the same, and I, you know what? I feel that we really knocked out of the park. I'm really delighted. One of the agents told us we had match of the tour, and I'm not saying that's a fact, but to even be in consideration yeah. for an agent saying that to us. For a guy that got signed, what, two months ago? Yeah, for for me, that's that's not something I would have usually associated myself with. Yeah. So it's people, you just have to have a desire to get better. You have to have a desire to be in the right shape. You have to have a desire to get good in the ring, a desire to have better promos. And when you get to that next level, don't make the mistake that we've all made at times of letting it, that initial success go to your head. Like, it's not that it's, it's look, it's that tortoise and hare situation. You know what I mean? You'll get people who come in who are amazing natural athletes, yep. kind of blowing everything away. If that's consistent, fantastic. But a lot of the time, if someone's totally smashing it, They'll, then, they'll hit adversity at some point. Yes. Now, how are you going to deal with that adversity? Exactly. Whereas you'll get someone who starts off with maybe lower expectations, but just has that desire to get better and just is consistent. Oh, dude, I was terrible when I first started. I'll be honest. I was I was a decent athlete and I was in okay shape, but I had, again, I was a glorified, you know, I, I lifted weights pretty much. I did no cardio when I first started. Like, honestly, I was in, I was in good shape visually. Visually, I was in great shape, but but I just and that but it was that desire to get better, and it was that almost like that kind of. It's funny, like I'll be honest with you, and this is this is the truth. This is the truth, and again, when I was when you were first coming up, and we were working together and training together and stuff like that, kind of getting up, I was I remember you were kind of coming around the bend and getting there, and I was getting there around that same time, and I says, "Am I hell gonna have him debut before me?" I was like, <laughs> I was like, he's good. But I can be as good. And we I'm, debuted on the same day. Debuted on the same night. There and that go. was it. And it was because I was like, I pushed it and I was like, no. Because one of the things I noticed was when I first started, when I first started, I wasn't very good when it came to holds and stuff like that. You were very technically proficient because you had great footwork from things like judo and stuff that you'd done before. So I was like, well, shit, that's something I need to work on. And it's, again, it's been able to take yourself away from the situation from a personal, emotional standpoint and go, what do I need to work on? And again, I'm having a bit of that moment in my own career right now, and I'm six years down the line. You know, a little bit of a come to Jesus meeting of, am I doing all I could do? The answer was no. So I have to step back and go, all right, how do I do this? And so it happens six years in, 10 years in, 15 years in, two months in, six months in, these things will happen. It's about how you can handle them. For me, the ideal student in anything, in anything, whether it's personal training, whether it's pro wrestling, anything is be humble, 
be coachable. So be willing to take criticism. Be willing to understand and listen to things. Trust the people that you're that are coaching you. Trust that we're trying to give you the best we can. Ask a pile of questions. All the questions. Ask all the questions because to me, when someone asks me questions, it means they want to know stuff. And I want to tell them stuff. I want to teach them stuff. When they want to know, well, why am I doing this, Dave? Oh, well, when I do this and I take that, and why, why is that happening? Well, this is why. You know, here's the and that's real... where I think the amateur wrestling really helps. Because exactly. when we do amateur wrestling drills, it kind of is really easy to explain. Well, you know, if you want to escape from a waist lock, do it like this. First of all, you need to shift your momentum forward. You need to try and break the grip. And in fact, if you can't break the grip, it's two on one. So two hands to one arm to break that grip. Now, that's an insane detail that people might be like, what are you talking about? And really what we're talking about is someone clasps your waist one of the wrists is going to be, uh, if, they, if they take this grip, one of the wrists is facing up the way one is facing, uh, sorry, one of the wrists is facing up, one is facing down. If you put two hands on the one that's facing down, it's just downward momentum to break the grip. And that's a very small detail, but those small details add up to excellence. And it's the way that it was explained to me by, by William Regal, which was basically, you'll see certain people and you'll know they're good, but you won't know why they're good. You'll just know they're good. Timothy Thatcher and, told me the same thing. Exactly. And here's the thing. We're not claiming to have all the answers. But what, what, what I am, I am? <laughs> <laughs> but what I am claiming is that I am in constant pursuit of those answers. Yes. And when I discover these things, like what we just talked about, we're taking that from amateur wrestling. But if you apply that to pro wrestling, that's an insane detail that that's just one example of dozens of things that we've talked about that may not be on offer um, in you know another school and that the other school might do something differently that we do but I feel like what we like we really put a lot of pride and emphasis on the hold for hold wrestling which is the British yeah. word for chain wrestling I still like to call it hold for hold wrestling you know that's it like I, I and I believe to me that's it we're we're offering something that's unique and we're seeing the the we're seeing the benefits of it pay off where the students are really picking up things like as I say like when I was working with them just a couple of weeks ago you know they're they're starting to put together holds and they're starting to put together different sequences of holds and you know they're starting to understand why they're doing stuff you know and that's when you get to that point where these guys are still new to the game but you get to a point later on down the line where you start doing things that make logical sense you know and you start you don't think about wrestling moves anymore you don't think about oh well when i have this hold i do this reversal because that's the way it's done you think about it logically and you go well that makes sense there like you're saying with the waist lock how many times do you see in pro wrestling matches these days that people grab a waist lock? How often do you see it? It's quite a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of waist locks. And how often are these guys breaking waist locks legit? You know, a lot of the time it's just kind of like walking around, you know, whereas like we like to teach it, you have to really work for that hold. And again, what we'll do, is, yeah. we'll, we'll do it. We'll go, hey, I'll, we, what, yeah, we I'll legit give you a hundred quid if you can break this waist lock. And it's like, there you go. And then you teach them the real way. And then you go, right, there's the real way. That's it. That's legit. Now, let's let's take this into a pro wrestling environment and let's make what we're doing look, let's make what we're doing look presentable because if the people are paying money, I always that's always stood by me is always like people are paying money to come and see you. So it's got to be. A don't they don't product. deserve to pay money for a shoddy product? You you it's your your it's your duty to give them what they paid for. And you know what? That's kind of I think that's a good place to end because we're we're at the end of the podcast here. But I think we've kind of covered a lot of what it's like to watch our trainees develop and what we're looking for our trainees and what it takes to be a good trainee but like i actually 
And again, see with the in-shape thing, you don't need to show up in shape. That just yeah. gives you a little advantage. But do you know what? If you show up and you develop your cardio and your physique over the course of two, six, 12 months, 24 months, then, you know, you're going to win in the end because yeah. it's consistency. So here's to summarize what we're looking for. We're lo we're, what we want is trainees who have a desire to be better and a consistent desire to be better. So once you reach a certain goal, you now need a new goal. And it's that thing I've talked about where it's like, as soon as you become comfortable, like I did at one point on British wrestling scene, oh, I'm doing all right for myself. You know, I'm kind of getting by here. Uh, I'll do this for a while. It's like, that's when you start to lose your spot and yep. things go downhill. You must always aspire for more. So trainees just have a constant desire to be better than you were yesterday. As long as you truly desire to be better, whether it's your wrestling technique, your promos, your physique, your gear, what your business acumen, which we'll get onto another time, by yes. the way. That is so important. Is it probably the most important factor in your success, which will probably be the basis of the next episode. But for now, trainees, what we're asking for is a consistent desire to be better. Um, I like it. All right. I like it, man. I like it. It's uh, yeah. Just again, just to, to to finish off, I never ask anybody whether again, like I say, whether it be pro wrestling trainees, whether it be um, whether it be personal training clients, anybody that I'm going to coach for anything, I never ask. I never ask anyone to be amazing athletes. I never ask them to be in ridiculous shape or have amazing mic skills or you know be setting records all the time or whatever. What I do ask is that you show up. You listen, you have a willingness to learn, and that you work hard. If you do those things, if you do those things... Good things are going to happen. Good things are going to come your way, right? I like the old saying is, the harder I work, the luckier I seem to get. That's a great phrase. I love That's that. That's a great way to end. All right, folks, this has been How to Become a Pro Wrestler. Thanks to Dave for dropping in on this episode. Um, again, if you want to support the podcast, it's patreon.com forward slash Joe Hendry. Thanks again to David. Thanks again to the amazing trainees that we've got, and we're yes. looking forward to the future. We shall see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.